how is this out and about? Thought I'd see if anybody wants to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA Show. Featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. What up, homies? Welcome back to the Bet Slippin' Daily NBA Postseason Podcast. I'm the host here, sports betting analyst at sportsbookwire.usla.com, Jeff Clark. And it's Tuesday, April 19th. There's a three-game slate in the NBA postseason tonight. I have a side that I like in all three games. I'll handicap all three games and give you my analysis and the reason why I like the picks that I do. But first, a quick recap on the postseason thus far, and it's been a struggle for your boy. Um, Two and six um, through uh, the first weekend of the NBA postseason. I didn't do a podcast yesterday on Monday because I wasn't in love with the slate and there was a little bit of uh, paralysis by analysis. I spent the whole morning handicapping the games, trying to look for an edge, whether it be an aside, total, or player prop that I liked and could uh, publish a podcast on or based around and I just couldn't get there on any of the sides so I took an off day which is probably much needed because again I am struggling thus far I came into the playoffs oozing with confidence Uh, I've been a a winner in the playoffs the past four years and um, off to a surprising and and, and very disappointing start I was 0 for 2 in the two playing games that I podcasted and uh, wagered on. And then I was 2-4 and four in game ones this past weekend. Two of those losses were by a half point, one of which is a game that I'm discussing tonight, and the other was the Dallas Mavericks-Utah Jazz. Um, they, uh, I took the Mavericks plus 5.5. They ended up losing by six points in game one, so that was a tough beat. Um, it was a seesaw battle. I thought the Mavericks plus 5.5 was the right side of that, but... Um, another loser for me, and and I'm again two and six in these playoffs. So hopefully we can start to climb out of a hole, out of the hole that we built for ourselves uh, today. And I have three best bets here on all in all three games on the Tuesday NBA playoff slate. Uh, my three best bets are the Miami Heat minus seven and a half, uh, hosting the Atlanta Hawks, and I'm taking the Minnesota Timberwolves plus six and a half, visiting the two seed Memphis Grizzlies out west. And then I'm going with the eight seed New Orleans Pelicans plus nine and a half as they visit the one seed Phoenix Suns tonight. Before we get into that, though, let me shout out the odds provider and sponsor of this podcast, Typico Sportsbook. They're a global sports betting leader that's live in New Jersey and Colorado. You can make your favorite sports more interesting with their fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. New users from this podcast can get a special welcome bonus. And you get your bonus today, USA Today, bet.com slash podcast. That's USA Today, bet.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions do apply. You must be 21 or older to game. So please see Typico's website for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1 800 Gambler for New Jersey and 1 800 522 4700. Please remember to gamble responsibly. So. I'm looking at the three-game slate in the NBA postseason on Tuesday. The first one is the Miami Heat, one seed out east, laying seven and a half as they host the Atlanta Hawks. Money line's plus 265 on the Hawks, minus 350 for the Heat. Total sitting at 219 and a half, 
with heavy juice on the under. I actually lean towards the under in this one because I think Miami's defense is going to do another great job defending the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Miami won game one, 115-91, and actually held a 31-point lead at one time in that game. Uh, the Miami Heat defense just did an amazing job defending Trey Young, and Trey Young typically struggles in Miami. Uh, he was 1 for 12 from the field in game 1 and 0 for 7 from the three-point line. And that's one of the pillars of my, my handicap here and why I like the Miami Heat minus 7.5. Uh, Trey Young has looked really good recently playing against um, cupcake defenses and the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Charlotte Hornets. Now Cleveland started out as a as an amazing defensive team, but fell off towards the end when it was missing Jared Allen. Jared Allen came back from the play-in game, um, um, the the Hawks Cleveland Cavalier play-in game. But Trey had so much momentum going into that game, and um, Darius Garland and and Karis LeVert, Cleveland's backcourt is really no match for Trey Young, at least. Um, defensively, they, they can't do anything against him. And the same obviously can be said about the Charlotte Hornets. They did a pretty good job on team defense versus Trey in the first half of that playing game. But then Trey just destroyed them in the second half. And yeah, those are two easy matchups for him. But Miami is not such an easy matchup for him. Um, he's only averaging 17 points per game on 37% shooting, 27% behind the arc, and 5.4 turnovers per game in his eight visits to Miami throughout his career. Also, uh, Clint Capella got rolled up on um, in the in the Atlanta-Cleveland play-in game, and he's going to be out for – he was out for game one, and he was he's going to be out for definitely game two here in the Miami series. And Capella's absence hurts of Atlanta's pick-and-roll offense, interior defense, and rebounding. Uh, Miami is actually one of the better rebounding teams, um, both, both offensively and defensively in the NBA. So Capella out there um, just gives Miami a bigger edge on the glass, and they play phenomenal pick and roll defense. Philly does, or Miami does. Obviously, Trey Young and Atlanta runs a lot of pick and roll action. Um, they run pick and roll action through the ball handler with Trey Young and through the roll man with Clint Capella. And Clint Capella is actually one of the best pick and roll role men in the league so not having him set those screens those high screens for Trey Young and then roll into the basket is going to make it a lot easier for Miami's already great pick and roll defense to defend Miami or Atlanta who kind of thrives in the pick and roll also um, Miami allows the fewest point uh, paint points per game um, Atlanta's 19th on paint points per game allowed and 20th in paint points per game scored. So Capella not being there just, again, further uh, exasperates, fur- further widens the gap between <laughs> Miami and uh, Atlanta on the rebounding and, and um, in the paint. I think Miami is going to be able to get into the paint more with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. And without Clint Capella out there, I think Atlanta's already suspect perimeter defense is going to struggle even more so in this game. They're going to collapse on Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo because of the absence of Clint Capella. And it's just going to lead uh, to wide open three-pointers for the Miami Heat role players, including P.J. Tucker, Duncan Robinson, who's phenomenal in game one, 
Obviously, Kyle Lowry can hit some threes. Max Struess has been sort of a breakout player for Miami. And Miami is also uh, pretty deep on its bench with Tyler Hero, Victor Oladipo. And um, effectively, this is just a, a bad matchup for Atlanta. And it's a bad spot for Atlanta. Uh, they're 1-6 against the number in the last seven visits to Miami. 4-16 and 16 against the number on the road versus winning teams. Two and seven against the number as five to nine and a half point underdogs. So this is not a very, this is a costly price point for the Hawks. And they're two and 12 straight up versus top 10 defenses. And they have a minus 6.7 ATS differential against top 10 defenses. And Miami is fourth in defensive rating this year. So it's uh, my, uh, Miami's defense is, is, um, can can really bottle up Atlanta's pick and roll action pretty easily, I think, with Capella off the floor and Miami Heat uh, from a three point differential standpoint. Both when you um, look at their offensive three point shooting percentage and and uh, their three point def- defensive three point shooting is actually the best three point shooting team in the league. They they have a really good three point shooting rate and or um, field goal rate, and then they have a really good defensive three-point field goal rate. So Miami Heat should beat the Hawks really in any style These this game um, plays out in. And and uh, I've struggled betting against the Hawks recently. I think the Hawks could steal a game in Atlanta, uh, maybe even two games in Atlanta. But I think Miami Heat's going to roll them again um, in game two here. So I'll lay seven and a half points at the Miami Heat. Uh, the second game I'm looking at here, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who took a one nothing lead by beating the Memphis Grizzlies, 130-117 in Game 1. Minnesota absolutely dominated the glass, out-rebounding Memphis by 11 rebounds and um, and dominated them from behind the arc as well. They outshot them uh, 39% from 3 to 26% for the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm going to go ahead and take the Timberwolves, plus 6.5 in this matchup again. Um, I sprinkled on the money line when these two teams first squared off in game one on Saturday. Don't think I'm going to be doing that again here because as much as I like Memphis plus six and a half, I would be very surprised if Memphis took an 0-2, went down 0-2 heading back to Minnesota. But Minnesota just isn't three possessions worse than Memphis, which is what this number is suggesting. I mean, Grizzlies would have to win by seven points, i.e. three possessions, in order to cover this number, and I just don't see them having that much of a uh, edge over Minnesota. In fact, Minnesota has an edge on the wing with Anthony Edwards versus Dylan Brooks and a significant edge in the uh, front court or with the bigs. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns can, can really wear out Steven Adams, and Carl Anthony Towns' ability to draw fouls can get Jaron Jackson into foul trouble, which is a pretty common thing for Jaron Jackson, phenomenal defensive player, but tends to um, get into foul trouble typically. And Carl Anthony Towns really has played well against Memphis's um, good defensive front court all season and just crushed them in the first game. And I don't see that changing very much. In the first game, Carl Anthony Towns had 29 points, on 61% shooting with 13 rebounds, 3 assists. Like, was just phenomenal. Steven Adams, on the other hand, 
uh, was zero for zero, <laughs> had three rebounds, three assists, no points in 24 minutes. Steven Adams is a phenomenal regular season center and is a decent part of the reason that Memphis is a two seed in the first place. But I don't think he's gonna he's gonna really be able to negate or do much with Carl Anthony Towns in this matchup. So uh, Minnesota having such a decisive edge in the front court has me leaning them to their um, to that side, anyways. Also, playoff basketball is more more half court oriented, or you know, more half court uh, basketball. And Minnesota is a lot more efficient in the half court than Memphis. They're a better three point shooting team, and um, Minnesota actually does a pretty good job defending the areas Memphis likes to shoot in. Uh, Memphis takes the second most short mid-range field goals. Um, John Morant loves to take those like little eight to five to eight foot floaters, um, and they're eighth in mid mid-range field goal volume attempt volume. Memphis is well. Minnesota is actually fourth in um, short mid-range defensive field goal percentage, and eighth in mid-range defensive field goal percentage. Um, the, the, the Grizzlies are getting most of the, the, the action at, uh, according to pregame.com, roughly 70% of the money is on the Grizzlies, but that line is stuck at seven, six and a half, which is actually down from the seven point line that it was, um, down from the seven and a half point opener, um, which Grizzlies were favored on. So there's, we're seeing some reverse line movement in the betting market, and you know the bottom line is I don't see the Grizzlies being three and three possessions better than Memphis or better than the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I'll take the Timberwolves plus six and a half points. And then my last best bet, I'm going back to the well with the Pelicans plus nine and a half. Um, it was a tough beat for me the other night. I took the Pelicans plus ten and a half in game one. Um, they ended up losing uh, 110 to 99 in game one. Uh, Pelicans um, were down significantly in this game. It didn't look like they were even going to break 30 points at the end of the first half. Um, so Phoenix was in control for the opening whistle to the final uh, buzzer, but or the opening buzzer to the final buzzer. But uh, New Orleans rallied back and, and got back into that game. I think they... Um, got within a six-point margin in the second half and took Phoenix's best shot, um, looked completely rattled and looked like the, the playoff moment was too big for the Pelicans, but then they rallied. They shot 54% from the field in the second half, and um, and, and, I really, and I really was impressed by New Orleans' resilience after getting smoked in the first half by Phoenix. But it probably shouldn't be that surprised because again the Pelicans started out in the season one in twelve um, with a one in twelve record before um, playing above five hundred ball from there on out and and making the postseason via playing. So uh, New Orleans has fought hard for first year head coach Willie Green the entire season, and I, I think they're gonna they're gonna come back or bounce back from a, a disappointing. Um, first half against the Phoenix Suns and 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 give them a, a, a pretty good game here for game two. I, I think they'll at least keep it within single digits. And uh, New Orleans has a significant edge on the glass, actually. They're 
Um, got a three uh, plus three point four rebound per game differential throughout the regular season, whereas um, Phoenix is around um, even on the on the rebound per game differential. And in their first in game one, the Pelicans out rebounded the Suns plus twenty. Now I don't think that. Um, Margin's going to be that wide in this game, but if the Pelicans are going to out-rebound Phoenix that significantly, they're going to keep these games close. I think their shooting is going to get a little bit better. I think Trey Murphy, the um, three-point shooter uh, that comes off the bench for for New Orleans, is going to get some more run, and he's going to um, do a better job spacing the floor for the Pelicans. Um, the Pelicans also... Could win two of the four factors, rebounding being the first one and and free throw attempt rate differential being the other one. Uh, New Orleans is a lot better at getting to the free throw line. They have a higher free throw attempt differential than Phoenix. And uh, I think if they're a little more aggressive at attacking the basket, they can go ahead and get more trips to the charity stripe. Um, And just being aggressive and attacking the basket more will also collapse Phoenix's defense a little bit and maybe get some wide-open looks for um, the three-point shooters of the Pelicans. And again, I was really impressed with how just badly the Pelicans got beat down in the first half and rallied back in the second half. Um, One of the, the, the... Uh, Best features of Phoenix this season has been their transition offense. Well, New Orleans' transition defense is the best in the league, at least by efficiency, according to second spectrum. So I don't think Phoenix is going to be as prolific in the fast break as they were in game one or throughout the season. I think they outscored New Orleans 15-2 in fast break points. Um, I think that gap should be um, reduced a little bit. And, again, because New Orleans uh, playoff basketball and basketball in general is about acquiring or accumulating possessions. And if New Orleans is going to out-rebound uh, Phoenix as significantly as they did in game one, I, I don't, I do not like laying double digits with the Phoenix Suns. So I'll take 9.5 with the Pelicans, add that to my Timberwolves plus 6.5 pick, then <laughs> – I'm fading the Atlanta Hawks again. They've cost me so much money recently, and um, I'm not even going to say that if I if I lose this one, I'm going to quit betting against the Hawks because I probably won't. That's that's just a bold face lie. But taking the Heat minus seven in a game two against the Hawks for my third best bet. That's it. That's the best, or that's the end of the uh, bet slipping podcast daily NBA show. Um, this is the postseason podcast recorded Tuesday. Best of luck to you guys while you fade or follow me. Hopefully you guys are rooting for me to get out of this hole. I plan on getting out of this hole and profiting this NBA postseason as terrible as it looked. So the rally starts tonight. Best of luck. Peace out. And I'll talk to you guys, I don't know, tomorrow or later this week. Thought I'd see if anybody wants to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA Show. Featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire.